Blog Talk Radio. Texas on Wednesday, July the 26th, as we like to do once a week. We'll be chatting with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. It's been a very busy day today in the United States as far as the news. So let me say hello to Bill. Bill, I hope you're having a better day than Hunter Biden. Uh, I think almost anybody is. Uh, I think that he uh, he came into a court in Delaware and thought that uh, he was going to win the game. And he didn't even get the game going. Uh, he now I, I should point out, you know, we really should emphasize that there are no guarantees here. There, uh, he he did not get the plea bargain that he wanted. Uh, that was supposed to be a done deal, and he would go away and have all kinds of immunity. He didn't get that. The investigation is quote still ongoing. But who's doing the investigating of Hunter Biden? The Department of Justice, which is Joe Biden's Department of Justice. So we shouldn't assume that because Hunter didn't get the deal he wanted, that suddenly the whole house will crash. And that's what everybody is predicting. But everybody is often wrong. Uh, The Justice Department can now sew this up and say, well, we'll continue the investigation in our professional manner. And the investigation, of course, will be stymied in every way, which it has been up to now. It's already taken five years. Uh, and uh, and they have uh, and obviously Hunter Biden has been protected. So the question is what the Republicans will do in the House of Representatives. They are going to demand answers. I think they're going to try to produce as many witnesses, statements, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to speak over the heads of the press. The press is clearly uh, going to try to protect the Bidens. They've tried up to now, and to see if they can get a true. Uh, congressional investigation and possibly an impeachment investigation. Now, people are uh, talking about impeachment. The, the speaker is talking about impeachment. And I, I, I think the speaker has used very good judgment uh, up to now. I think he ought to be commended for the way he's conducted himself. Nobody seriously believes that Joe Biden will be convicted in a Senate that the Democratic Party controls. So the impeachment investigation will be mostly to try to extract more investig- more information. I think that as an impeachment investigation, uh, there may be more powers given to uh, uh, House committees, uh, subpoena powers. So this can go either way. It is not a good day for the Bidens. They thought this was going to be shut down. The investigation will continue. The headlines will continue. There will be witnesses called next week, including some very close to the Bidens. Whether they will tell the truth, I don't know. Whether the truth is all that damaging or can be made damaging, I don't know. I do think, though, that it's the old Chinese notion of a thousand cuts. Uh, the cuts are beginning, and they're not going in the in the way of the president. Uh, on the other hand, the president has one big thing protecting him, and that's the fact that if he is not president, uh, uh, 
Kamala Harris becomes president. And uh, that is scaring so many people that in a way it is probably the best protection he has. Right. The best insurance policy that he has, really, in a way. Absolutely. Because yes. uh, I think a lot of people are very concerned about the vice president, and we'll talk about her in a minute. Some of her remarks here recently have just been absolutely uh, devastating. But when when I look at this, and it's, you know, I'm trying to be as objective as I can, but I'm trying to look at this, and the question I ask myself is, how didn't any of this come out before? And I mentioned it uh, during the campaign, that is, because – you know, I was listening to Brid Hume the other night on, and you know he's he's not a, a fire you know he's not a fire thrower he's not a crazy man he's a pretty serious no. man, and he said that for years people in Washington have asked themselves how did this family get so rich, you know how did That's this it. family have all this money, I mean there's no business out there that they started it's not like they started a an oil business or a mining business or a manufacturing business or anything they. You know, there are a lot of very rich politicians, but uh, they all had something before, a business or something like they started, like this young man who's running for for president, uh, Vivek, I think is, I can never pronounce his last name, but Vivek, uh, who owned, I believe, a software company and became very wealthy, and other senators too. So that I understand, but the Biden family had absolutely nothing but the name Biden, and how none of this ever came out before is, I think, a, a real uh, black eye on, on the media. I really do believe that, Bill. Well, it, yes, the media has a black eye, but it doesn't care. The media is no longer uh, the media as it is envisioned in the Constitution. They now are a, a function of left-wing politics. Not all of them, of course, obviously, not all of them, but the big guys. All three television networks are, are leftist networks today, um, and uh, uh, certainly CNN has done everything it possibly can uh, amidst some other good journalism that they do to protect uh, the Bidens. Uh, MSNBC is hopeless, uh, and I think that w- when you look at the fact that, that some of these institutions haven't even covered the story or haven't covered it in any great degree, I mean, for goodness sake, you could – you could read the New York Times and not know that the, the Bidens were under investigation. They just basically shut the thing down. So the investigators uh, who work for the Justice Department have allies, uh, and if they don't go too far or, 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 or slow it down, uh, they, they will avert, the allies will avert their eyes. The key here is the Republican Party and, and really the Speaker of the House and how – uh, how uh, excellent he can be, how, how, how shrewd he can be in getting the information out to the public, which means over the heads of the press. Now, there may be a point, and that point may be reached in the, in the case of some press organizations who said, look, we may not like this, but we do have to cover the story because there has been an increase in the last couple of weeks in some organizations mentioning the story and giving at least a brief account. Uh, In addition, there are public opinion polls that show that the American people want answers, that they uh, don't trust the the Bidens, that they are suspicious. And in in, in a way, the dam may, may break even despite the reluctance of the press. The press may literally be forced into covering it. But that, again, this is this is the time for Speaker uh, for Speaker McCarthy to show what he's got. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. A couple of examples about the media 
Um, the Washington Post, uh, Mr. Bezos, uh, Bezos just found out that he's lost $100 million over at the yes. Washington Post. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think maybe there's a connection there between, you know, I think it was Professor Jonathan Turley said that if you do news for only half of the country, you're going to lose money because the other half is also a consumer. And if you're avoiding them, then you're not, you know, you're going to lose money. That's just the reality of it. You, you have to appeal to to everybody. But the other news uh, media uh, story, Bill, is on Sunday, Governor Christie was on Face the Nation. And this lady who is the hostess or the moderator at Face the Nation basically asked him, look, he's going to plea on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. Why not just move on? And, yes. <laughs> and I thought Governor Christie was great. He said, well, no, we're not going to move on. He went, he went ahead and pointed out all the problems here, including uh, that it took five years to get this done, which, you know, Governor Christie said that's ridiculous that it took even that long for something this simple. So I, I think in a way, um, I think the Bidens, their luck may have run out. I really do. I, yes. I think that maybe this is now getting to a point where even if the media doesn't cover it, enough media will cover it. And I think the other uh, problem, Bill, is that a lot of people – have got to be looking at this and saying, you know, wait a minute, you know, they got Trump over here. They want to sue him for everything. They want to take him to court for everything. And look at this plea for 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 Hunter. I mean, there is a double standard. A lot of people may feel that way when they watch all of this, Bill. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, how could you not feel that way? You raised the point as to how they got this rich. It's not the first time it's happened. There was a guy called Lyndon Johnson who went to Washington, and his whole income, presumably, was from his congressional I think he salary. grew up around here, Bill. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he grew yeah. up about 300 miles from here. Right, and uh, the question was, how did he get to own a television station? Which he did. Uh, late in his career, he owned a television station. People wanted, well, how did he buy it? I mean, did he go to, go to the local bank and say, I'm Lyndon and I want a loan? I mean, there are a number of people who seem to end their congressional careers with a lot of money. And how do they do it? Well, you know, I'm not I'm not making any accusations, but there are there are dishonest ways of doing it. And there are ways that are honest, but need scrutiny. I mean, you can be made aware of certain, as they call it in Washington, business opportunities, and you might take advantage of them. And it might be completely legal, not necessarily completely ethical, but completely legal. But there's a lot of money floating around Washington. There really is. And I think it, a legitimate question is, how did the Bidens get so much of it? I mean, the, the man drives a Corvette. Uh, on, on his congressional salary. He has what apparently is one of the biggest mansions in Delaware on his congressional salary. Uh, and he, his son is put on the boards of companies <laughs> he knows nothing about. Uh, and we're told that he never discusses this with daddy uh, because it really wouldn't be right. Uh, now you will notice, by the way, the White House has changed its tune. It used to say that uh, 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 Hunter never discussed business with the president. The new line is he was never in business with the president. It's a subtle <laughs> difference, but it, it, in other words, uh, he might have had some talks. Father, son, you know, uh, they're close, but he was never in business with him. Now, that's nonsense. I mean, that's, that's complete nonsense. There is a, a man named Archer 
who was supposed to testify before a congressional committee of, uh, of the House on Monday, who is a real insider. The question is, will he, will he reveal anything or will he be too intimidated? You know, a, a person can get up there and be so frightened for his own life that he suddenly makes things up. It's happened many times before. So let's see what happens on Monday. Uh, I think that the, the Republicans will be prepared. There are some people on that committee who are on the, this is the uh, um, oversight committee, uh, Representative Comer being the chair. I think there are some people on the committee who are sharp. The Democrats on the committee will will play any card they can. Uh, they, they you know including the race card, the gender card, the uh, card of the Jack of Diamonds, any card they can to avoid whatever they can. The yeah. I mean, the guy from uh, from Maryland, uh, the congressman, uh, Rankin. who uh, Rankin. I mean, he's a bad piece of work because he it's, he makes it very plain. He doesn't care what the truth is. He's mm-hmm. gonna he's he's gonna defend his president. It's not going to be easy, but there apparently, according to what we have been told, apparently there are recordings, there are notes. There is uh, uh, witness testimony. There are the uh, whistleblowers from the IRS. If people can be kept in line and kept from being intimidated, frightened, uh, there may be a huge case. We, we might know that within a few weeks. If there's a huge case, the Democratic Party is going to have a big problem. Now, that what they'll do is, I mean, the press again is going to say, let's move on. Uh, this is, uh, it's bad. He, he shouldn't have done it. But he didn't kill anybody, and after all, do you really want Donald Trump? Uh, and the, they can get away with it. I mean, people have gotten away with it. In 1952, Richard Nixon was accused of having a slush fund, a slush fund being an amount of money given to him by rich businessmen to buy luxuries, uh, nothing on the books, but uh, with an understanding that he would be friendly to them. And he was Eisenhower's. Vice presidential candidate. Eisenhower was an honest man. But the fact is that this, that this came out required some answer. And Nixon, as you know, went on television in what came to be known as the Checkers speech. And he got on and basically pleaded for his job that he, he, to be kept on the ticket. He talked about how Pat Nixon had a good Republican cloth coat. Uh, he, he talked about everything except the issue. It was called the checker speech because he revealed to the public that a gift had been sent to his children uh, of a puppy. And uh, th- they named it checkers. And he said, no matter what they say about me, we will never give that puppy back. My children, <laughs> my children love checkers. And that's more important to me than any job. And it was right. one of these emotional, uh, empty speeches, said nothing, but he came across as a humble, possibly decent man who should be given another chance. And that's exactly what happened. Eisenhower gave him another chance. Well, that was a genius speech, though. I've, I've watched that yes. speech, obviously, oh, yes. you know, the replay of it. And that was, a, I mean, um, that was genius, the way he, he said everything and set everything up. But the other the other big problem, of course, for President Biden, you know, aside from this in- incident with Hunter, the other problem is President Biden himself. I mean, I keep seeing the president on television, you know, speaking and acting in ways 
that I'm beginning to feel sorry for the man. I mean, that they're, you know, these trips that they put him on to go to Europe, that would be difficult yes. for a 65-year-old president. That's right. Now, an 80-year-old president, I mean, that's pretty rough, you know, the, all that, uh, you know, the time factor going from one time zone, seven, eight hours difference. Uh, exactly. I mean, that would be difficult for a 65-year-old president. And you see it on, you know, and, and he looks tired. Um I, I'm actually beginning to feel sorry for him. I keep saying, if I could just talk to Mrs. Biden and say, come on, you know, don't you see what I see? Don't you see what yes. the country see? I mean, do you want to continue this humiliation of your husband? Um, he was, uh, uh, what was it, yesterday he was talking about ending cancer? I mean, what, what, yes. what's he talking about? Well, he has lied so many times during his career and gotten away with it. I, I think he gets away with it because his personality is not an abrasive personality. He sometimes comes off, especially in the days when he was completely coherent, as kind of a nice guy. I know, I know somebody who worked in the Senate who said, Joe Biden's a very nice guy. You know, there's a, there are a, lot, there's a lot of credit given in, in Washington for being a nice guy. Hail fellow, well met. You know, he gets along, doesn't make too much trouble. Uh, he was never known as a genius in the United States Senate. He talks about his foreign policy experience. That experience consisted of being wrong on, on virtually every issue. Uh, and, uh, there, you know, his foreign policy has so far been a disaster. But he is not the kind of a person who is on the surface offensive, whereas some are. I mean, I mean, you have to say about whether you like Trump or not, he's obnoxious. Biden, Biden is not on the surface obnoxious, and you know, and he, and he had a terrible history, personal history. You know, his wife, uh, when he was elected to the Senate, his wife and uh, a daughter, I believe, were killed in a, a car crash a few days later, and yeah. and 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 he was he was the subject of great sympathy. I mean, here's mm-hmm. a man who went on. He 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 took the seat in the Senate. He did not withdraw. Uh, but that was always present in people's minds. He's had a tough life. His son died. Uh, he had a son, um, right. Joe Biden, who died of cancer. He's had some very tough things, and people kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. Is right. it good for the country? No, but it's it's very human. Right. No, no, I, I understand, because I remember um, when um, he had just been elected to the Senate back in 72, uh, I remember he was very young, too, when he was elected to the Senate. He barely qualified for the 30-year-old uh, uh, you know, minimum age. And yes. he won the election. And I remember, I guess a few weeks later, I remember reading about this and feeling terrible for the man. And, and I think it was actually Strong Thurmond who encouraged him to stay in the Senate because he had thought about resigning and dealing with his family issues. So, uh, you know, I, I, I cut this guy a lot of slack on, on, that, on the personal front, even with Hunter Biden. Look, I've known, uh, thankfully not in my family, but I've had friends who've had kids or sons or daughters who've turned out to be addicts and problems like this. And it's very painful because on one hand, you want, you know, you want the law to apply to them, and, and you, sometimes you feel like putting them in jail for what they do, but he, it's your son, it's your daughter. So, the, you know, it's a tough decision to make. So I, I, I cut him slack on, on the fact that he's probably trying to help uh, his son, Hunter, but Hunter is not helping the president, Bill. I mean, Hunter's actions no. are not, I mean, so you have to wonder, you know, what is Hunter thinking? And, and you have to wonder how much of of uh, the money that Hunter has made or alleg- allegedly made, 
was Joe Biden feeling sorry for his son, Bill? Well, that may very well be, well be the case. Uh, we don't know. There, you know, there were, there were conversations apparently in which uh, there was a reference to the big guy. Well, when, when, Joe, when Hunter Biden refers to the big guy, who else is he referring to? He's not referring to his cousin. He's referring to his father. He's the big guy. He was the vice president right. of the United States. Now is the president of the United States. And yeah, you want to find ways. You, nobody wants the president to be a crook. But the fact of the matter is, uh, and especially a man who has such tragedy in his life, but the, the evidence is building. It really mm-hmm. is. The question then, what, what happens to that evidence? Uh, do people say, well... Uh, I, I he, you know, he can go before the public and say, look, I, I've made some mistakes. You know, mm-hmm. I love my son. I, I, I may have given him some advice. I apologize. It was not done uh, for any uh, for any nefarious purpose. That could work except for one thing. And this is where where it gets extremely interesting and deadly. Was there an exchange of money? Now, there's a talk about a five That's million dollar bribe. Yes. Right. If they can prove that there was an exchange of money, uh, he's, he's guilty of basically a bribery. Bribery right. is an impeachable offense. Now, and tax that, evasion, that, too, Bill. That's the other issue, tax course. evasion, because yes. I was listening to, I think it was Bill O'Reilly the other night, saying that uh, there are some tax years where his income changes dramatically. And, yes. you know, uh, and you know, whatever happened to all that money. Again, it, these are all allegations. But it would help, I think. I, I think it would help President Biden's case if he would come out and clear the air, if he would come out and do a checker speech, in a sense, yes. Um, yes. And, and just kind of clear the air and say, you know, yeah, he's a, my son is this and this and that, but he's my son, and if I overreacted, well, it was out of love for my son. So yes. yeah, I think you can understand that. And yes. if he would do a speech like that, I'm not saying he's out of the woods, but it'd be better than what he's doing right now, Bill, which is, you know, like you, you were saying before, first of all, he said he didn't know anything about the business. And now I wasn't in business with him. I can only tell you this, Bill, on a personal level. If my son next week showed up at a family party driving a Lamborghini, yes. all right, I would say, gee, did you win the lottery? Gee, yes. you know, how did you get that? All right. I mean, th- there is a-, a point where you may not be in business with them, but you notice the difference behavior. I mean, if all of a sudden uh, he's driving a Lamborghini or, you know, he's building the richest house in Texas, I'm going to say, hey, congratulations, congratulations, let me in to what you're doing. And that's the part that I that that I find not believable about the Bidens that all of a sudden his son would be living the way he was living and Biden wouldn't know anything about it. I, or even Jill Biden, that's the other person, Mrs. Biden. How well, would she not know what was going on? So I don't know. It's yes. a complicated story. It's easy to beat up on them. But we're talking about the president. If he was a senator, this probably wouldn't be an issue, Bill. Well, no, it, 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 it could be an issue, but they, you know, people don't pay as much attention uh, the, the president is the, in a presidential year. The presidential election is the one that's the star. It's the star event. The big, it's the big event. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing in the bag here, no matter what he has done, no matter what he can prove. Uh, and I just probably got good accountants at work to prove that he never took a dime. And remember, there are people called Hollywood accountants 
They are the people in Hollywood who prove that a motion picture never made any money because many people in, in the industry have clauses in their contracts that they get a percentage of the profits. Well, if there are no profits, they don't get anything. And it's amazing how they can prove that Gone with the Wind never made any money. I mean, they, they have all kinds of ways of proving it. So they can, uh, I mean, they can prove that uh, he got $5 million to pass on to the March of Dimes. Uh, and he passed, passed it on to a guy named Al. And he assumed it went to the March of Dimes. Uh, right. I'm concerned about that. And you never know. A lot will have to do with how close to the election we are, when stuff comes out, if it comes out. If it all comes out quickly and in the next couple of months, that will still mean more than a year before the election. And then the question is, what does the Democratic Party do? Do they have the committee that goes to Biden and says, look, Joe, it's over. You know, you've you've got the kind of things against you that Nixon had and, and we can't back you. And then what, what do they do? Do they, do they immediately turn to Kamala or do they say the party demands an open election campaign? And if there is, that is going to be complete chaos. Absolutely. No, I think chaos. you're right. Absolutely. Chaos. Let's take a little break, Bill, and we'll be back. Uh, continue our conversation with our friend Bill Katz right after this. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, chatting with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Bill, besides uh, Hunter Biden, there's another big story today in the news, huge story that will impact the economy and probably uh, the elections, and that is that the Fed has increased interest rates. And if I understand the story, to the highest level in 22 years. So this is going to be uh, a factor. I was also hearing some news reports. from construction, home construction, and uh, from some mortgage banking uh, consultants who were saying that, you know, this is having an impact on sales. Now, some markets, they're still selling everything they have, but that's just a unique situation. Like there are parts of North Dallas here where they sell everything they have. But it's when you get out to the more uh, suburban areas where homes are not moving as, as quickly as possible, simply because it's more difficult to qualify for for loans. So that's another big story about the Fed increasing interest rates, and that is going to have – that is a reflection, or at least the Fed, saying that uh, the inflation is coming down, but not enough, Bill. Well, yes, that's absolutely correct. It, it is coming down, but uh, when uh, the president talks about it, well, it's only 3% this year – most people are bright enough to know that's 3% in addition to all the inflation of the last two years that's put us 20% behind. You know, they, they, they know that. They go to the supermarket every few days. They see what the prices are, and they remember when they were much lower. And, yes, the, the inflation situation might be improving, but what it's not doing, it's not going in the other direction. Prices are not coming down. 
If prices were coming down, that would be something. But they're not coming down. They're, they're staying at this very high level. And even if the rate of inflation uh, is reduced, the people are still uh, getting gouged and feeling gouged. And it is really hurting them. I mean, this, is, right. this, this economy is hurting the average American uh, very badly. Uh, and it is hurting young people very badly. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't, there doesn't seem to be any, any real way out of it. Um, right. Well, I just put gasoline uh, yes. in in the car. Uh, I guess it was Sunday or Monday. I put gasoline, and all of a sudden it's three forty nine. After yes. it was uh, around three for a while, now it's up to three forty nine. Now, if gasoline is at three forty nine from roughly three dollars a few weeks ago, that's inflationary. I mean, I don't need of to be an economics is. professor to understand that. That if you're paying 49 cents a gallon more for gasoline, the truck driver is also paying more. And he's moving yes. all the products that I'm buying at the store. So that's the other side of this. You know, I heard President Nixon, I mean, President Trump the other day in one of these uh, debates that he was having or town hall meetings, they asked him about the inflation and he said, you got to bring the price of gasoline down. And that is exactly yes. correct to me. If, if the price of gasoline were to come down, to where it was, let's say, when President Trump was in office, let's say two dollars, at least here in Texas, that would have a uh, that would have the most uh, that would be the biggest impact on inflation, Bill, that I can think of. Of course, uh, and and it's the thing that people see the most because they see that price right on the gas pump uh, when they're pumping the gas, and it, when it goes up. It's it's a big bill. I mean, if if you if you're down to a quarter of a tank and you want to fill it up, and your tank is a 16 gallon tank, you're buying twelve dollars, uh, twelve gallons of gas. If gas goes to five, to five dollars or four dollars, that's twelve twenty four forty eight dollars. That that's probably the most money you spent that day. And they, you know, you remember the days when it was much less, when it was two dollars right. a gallon. Uh, Gas is as in the family budget uh, each week, aside from things like insurance payments, but the things you buy every week uh, for sustenance, mm-hmm. uh, food uh, and everything, the the fuel bill is probably the largest bill. And, that, and right. remember, for, peop, for people who own homes, it also will infect, uh, affect their oil bill, their right. heating bills. But I'm thinking of the price of gasoline, for example, just in my own economy. Um, I, when I when I spend fifty two dollars to put fifteen gallons in my tank, that compares to thirty five a couple of years ago when I did the same thing. I put fifteen gallons, I paid thirty five. Now I put fifteen, I pay fifty two. That's a seventeen dollar difference. That is coming out of my budget, in one way or another. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. And and then the impact, and which I've always felt that this is an underreported uh, story when when we're talking about inflation that um, everything in this country is transported one way or another. I mean, very few things that get to, from here to, from point A to point B on their own. Everything gets here in a truck. I mean, you see these trucks on the roads. You see these trucks going from the market to the grocery store. All of these, one of those trucks is operating in some kind of a fossil fuel, whether it's diesel or whether it's gasoline or whatever. And they're also being impacted by these prices. And then I think that's how the inflation happens, Bill. Yes, it, 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 look, it, it's 
one thing will affect something else in, in every situation. And the American people are not stupid. They really aren't. They see what's happening. They're frightened because they don't see a way out of it. Inflation is very frightening to people because the prices go up and they stay up. And they don't see a way out. It's very much like talking about the future of America's cities. There are many people who will tell you who are in uh, either real estate or in banking that for some cities, including New York, there does not seem to be a way out of their problems. They, 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 they can't see it. And when people start talking that way, they start talking uh, the next day with their checkbook and with, their, and, with moving, and with moving vans. I mean, people are just moving out of New York, and nobody find, has found a way to get them back. Oh, we're getting them back in the form of illegal immigrants who are committing crimes on the street uh, and uh, in the forms of others who are contributing nothing. Uh, we do have a, a cadre in New York of billionaire foreigners who can't trace where their money comes from, but they buy apartments and buildings in New York uh, as tax uh, uh, write-offs. But that's not doing a thing to bring New York City back. It's, it's, no, it's terrible driving, driving into New I don't know too many these... common people who can rent one of those apartments. I mean, I don't know no, too many mi- middle-class people who can rent some of those high-rise apartments uh, that I've seen in, in New York uh, that are, you know, millions of dollars or whatever. A couple of quick stories, Bill, before we go. I wanted to pick your brain a little bit here on what's happening uh, with the presidential politics because it looks to me, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it, I don't think Biden is going to be the nominee. You mentioned before the chaos that that's going to produce in the, in, on the Democrat side. I agree with you because – um, I, I suppose they'll, they'll have to give it to Kamala Harris, but she's simply not inspiring any any confidence. On the Republican side, it looks like Trump, but I'm not convinced it is going to be Trump either, because there's so much time ahead, and it's not so it's not so much the legal problems that worry me about Trump. It's Trump has the ability to hurt himself, and yes. he he's probably going to say something. Um, and there's also the perception. There's an article today that came out saying that that Donald Trump is the only Republican who cannot win in 2024. And if that perception gets out there, more and more people believe it, then they may very well vote for DeSantis in Iowa or New Hampshire and surprise everybody. And if if DeSantis can win New Hampshire or Iowa, I think Trump is finished, Bill. He might be. Uh, I I, I tend to agree with you. DeSantis has done a very poor job so far. Very surprising because he's a very bright man. And a very good governor. Uh, I would watch other candidates, though. I would watch Tim Scott, the African-American senator. He is obviously a favorite among many Republicans. Even Trump said uh, there are some on the other uh, running against me who could be major figures in my administration. And he was obviously talking about Tim Scott. He wants Tim Scott on his side because he's going to make him the vice presidential candidate. That would be a strong ticket, or at least it would be a stronger ticket than, you know, somebody who no one's ever heard of. Uh, there are uh, There is uh, the governor of Virginia, uh, Glenn Youngkin. I'd watch him very carefully. He's the kind of a guy who grows on you. And as you said, it's a long way to the election. It's a long way to the nomination. We are still a year away from the conventions. But the question, you know, Bill, forgive me for interrupting every, you, but I just ahead, I just saw I, I saw uh, a, a graph the other day that was on, I don't know, one of the networks, one of the not the networks, but one of the TV, web, one of the websites showing where President Trump was at this point in 2015 
where yes. President Obama was at this point in 2007, and where Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter, was at this point in 1975. Neither one of them was the favorite, nor ne- none of them were That's viewed right. as That's the right. next president. And that was about a year before the convention. So a lot of a lot of strange things can happen. Absolutely. So that's why I I'm not betting any money on anything. I think I think that there's a lot of, as they like to say in baseball, there's a lot of season left, and you know you Absolutely. don't normally win the title on May first. There is, and remember, Trump during this period can be convicted of something. He's all everything now is charges, but if he's convicted of something, that's that's a different ball game. And while I think that it is. Not a coincidence that all these things are happening. Of course, it's not a convention. It's a political hit job, but it's a political hit job that can have its effect. I I believe that there are even elements in the Constitution, I think in the 14th Amendment, that might make it impossible uh, for him to be president if he's convicted of certain kinds of crimes. So as you said, anything can happen. And remember, biology has its place. That's right. we don't know uh, uh, how, how the, the those human bodies are going to be in a year. Uh, it is everything now is speculation. It's really just fun. The talk will get very serious in not too many months. But I, I think I, I happen to agree with you. I think it is quite possible that neither Biden nor Trump will be leading their tickets next right. year. Now, I, I do think that, again, you know, if, if, let's say, Trump wins one of these legal cases, I could reverse everything I've just said and put him on top of the ticket and perhaps in, in the White House. But uh, my larger point is I think we have too much time to, to draw all these conclusions. One last point I wanted to ask you, Bill, here in, a, in the last few minutes. Uh, Texas and the Department of Justice are now at, uh, at war the Department of Justice is going yes. after Texas for these barriers. The governor has basically said, we'll see you in court. I, I don't know how the Supreme Court is going to rule on this. They may say that this is a federal matter and, and leave it at that. But, but I think it, it's going to be embarrassing for the White House to defend what they're doing on the border, which may be the unintended consequence of having this fight. Absolutely. Uh, look, it is possible that the federal government can win the case on just what you said, that immigration is usually seen as a, uh, as a federal matter and the states are not to interfere. But it calls attention to one of his great failures and to one of Kamala Harris's great failures, and that is this outrageous immigration policy, which has clearly hurt the country and which m- most people are militantly against. It's a right. long time. It's, I think it's going to be a very – exciting election year it can also be a very dangerous election year the, the country's in trouble that's right no i i agree with you it's a scary time it's uh it's a very scary time well bill i want to thank you for joining us this week and uh, we'll get back together as we always do next week and we'll have a lot more to get into i'm sure a lot of these stories are going to be on the on the agenda next week as well looking forward to it sylvia Thank you very much. Our good friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Lots of stuff we got into today. We'll get into a lot more next week, I'm sure, because these stories just don't go away. This stuff about Hunter Biden is probably going to get more complicated. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.